0: Welcome, everyone, to a midweek edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions Broadcast Studio. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team, ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me on uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram. I'm at Twitch twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, Couch Potato Diary at yahoo.com. The music provided by Wasted Talent. A few things to cover on the show today. Uh, First, we'll be getting into fantasy busts as our fantasy week continues. Um, A couple of guys who I want no part of, uh, especially at where they are being drafted right now. Um, Also, we're going to get into some of the Kevin Durant stuff. That went down uh, while I was on a a bit of a live show pause. Um, Some of that, and then a a couple quick basketball thoughts and a couple quick Blue Jays thoughts as well. So we're covering a lot on the program today. Uh, Thank you all so much for tuning in. It is fantasy football season, uh, draft season more specifically, yesterday yesterday if you want a bit more positivity in your life, we did the fantasy values, the best fantasy values for uh, this upcoming season. Now, we're going to get into the potential busts for this upcoming season, a couple of guys in here whose talents I like, a couple of guys in here whose talents I do not like. But. Either way, this is going to be, a, this is a list of guys who I just, I want no part of this season. I, I think if you are drafting them, again, specifically where they are being drafted, I um I, I think you're going to have a really bad time. So, uh, let's get right into it. And we'll start in the first round with Najee Harris obviously an incredibly talented running back, I do believe. And look, the offense wasn't any great shakes last year with Ben Roethlisberger at the quarterback position, but I just don't think that Pittsburgh is going to be relying so much on Najee Harris this year. I think this is going to be a year of development for their young quarterback picket. I think this is going to be a year where they're going to try to balance things off and not run Najee Harris into the ground. I have questions about the offensive line in Pittsburgh, but mainly, I think that this is a Steelers team. Not that they're going to try to be bad, but I think there was a real push for the playoffs last year and I think because of that they maybe overused Najee Harris a little bit I don't think that is going to be the case this year I think they're going to look for a bit more balance in their offensive attack and we talked yesterday about how maybe a bit more balance in the offense could help some of these players out I don't think that's the case with Najee Harris I again love the dude as a player would take him on the Raiders in a heartbeat um would try to trade for him on Madden which I have Madden 23 it's uh, like Madden 22. Um but I really 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 like this player. I just really really don't like this situation and I just I I have some great concerns, and I just don't see a world where he is providing you value. You look at some of the players being drafted after him. Guys on our list from yesterday, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, and Debo Samuel, I feel more comfortable about their situations than I do Najee Harris. I'm just, I'm out on Najee Harris this year. He is so far going consensus number eight overall. Um, I I would have him as a second-round player, personally, so I'm not going to get him in any league. And again, not a knock on him, I just feel like this offense is going to be a bit more excuse me, a bit more balanced, Um, and I think because of that, you're going to see Najee Harris not have necessarily some of those counting stats. He may even be better next year, um, or this upcoming season than he was last year, but not get the stats that he had a season ago. Staying at the running back position, um, which is actually a common theme on here, I'm going with Leonard Fournette in the second round. Uh, He is the last pick of the second round in 12-team leagues, in standard 12-team leagues. Um... I am greatly concerned about this Tampa Bay team. I think they probably still win this division, but that's more a statement on the rest of the division rather than a statement on how great this team is. The offensive line has a lot of struggles, especially on the interior. Leonard Fournette... Bless his soul isn't really going to be a, a bounce it outside kind of a guy, you know. Um, it, it's been great to see his resurgence. I, I think that he has now kind of eliminated that bust label that was on him a little bit. That the guy was the best running back on uh, a Super Bowl team, and for a couple of years now, has been a key part of a team that has made some uh, pretty consistent postseason runs. So I am happy that he has been able to turn things around because LSU Leonard Fournette was like nothing we have ever seen before, really, um, or nothing we had seen for a while. You know, we've been... Bo Jackson was pretty cool. But you know what I mean. Um, I just really feel like the interior of this Tampa Bay offensive line is going to be a bit of a disaster this season. Um, And I just, I don't see Leonard Fournette being able to have a lot of success. I think that the areas where the offensive line is having some issues are right where Leonard Fournette is going to be able, or is going to make a lot of his stats up and a lot of his fantasy production up. This is another one. Kind of a bad situation. Also, I do feel like maybe I'm projecting a little bit. Well, I'm definitely projecting a little bit here. That's what fantasy football analysis is in the offseason. But uh, especially in draft season, I think there's a bit of a falling off for for him as well. I, and this is another one where I wonder if there's a bit more balance with some of the, the other running backs. I, just, I feel like a lot of what Leonard Fournette put up and a lot of the volume that he had, it, he has been phenomenal. But I wonder if a lot of the... Reliance on him has been in part because of the lack of backs behind him. Um, Not that there's a ton of great options here this year, but I just, I really have concerns about the way this team is going. Um, So I would be avoiding him at the back end of the second round. Early in the fourth round, Cam Akers is going, I want no part of the Cam Akers experience last year. And it's not because of what we saw in the postseason a year ago, it's just what we've seen from players coming back from this injury. I feel like this is going to be a year where he is going to need to kind of get up to speed. I think he's going to be an average back, but I I just, like, if you're going wide receiver in the first round, say you're going Jamar Chase in the first round, and want to come back, and oh, well I can get a Cam Akers in the fourth, and fill my running back spot that way, I, I think you'd be much better off going with some of the other running back options, maybe going some of the other wide receiver options. A couple of guys that we talked about yesterday in the fourth round, going behind Cam Akers, DJ Moore, Lamar Jackson, I would rather have both of those players. It, I would, I, I'm, I'd rather Darren Waller as well. I just, I have major concerns about what Cam Akers is going to bring at the running back position this year coming off of that injury. Um, it feels like Daryl Henderson is a little bit ahead of him right now in terms of recovery, at least from everything that I have read up to the taping of this program today. Um, it, it just, it feels like. It feels like nothing is going to really point in the direction of Cam Akers returning fourth round value this year. I think next year we can talk about him being a fourth round value, but it's just too soon after the injury um, to for me to be like, okay, this guy is back. I, I feel like there is no risk baked into this fourth round selection. I feel like you need best case scenario for Cam Akers in the fourth round. In the fifth round is Amonra St. Brown, the breakout star from a season ago. It's crazy how we just all accepted that this guy was awesome. In garbage time last year on a not awesome Detroit Lions team, we all love them, but a not awesome Detroit Lions team that had a lot of garbage time and had a lot of defenses playing back, and we're just like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what this guy is going to be. I don't, honestly, I don't see a lot there with Amon Ross and Brown. Um, I think he'd be okay. I would much rather him not in the fifth round at all. Um, I'm not going to have him on any of my teams. I just, I don't think he is that guy. I think he is on a good team, a number two or a number three wide receiver. And I think that's where he should be on your fantasy teams. Um, oh, maybe not even a number two wide receiver. Like, I just, you would have to be stacked at running back for me to be comfortable with him as your, your number two um, or stacked at some other positions. Like, I just, I want nothing to do with Amon Ross St. Brown. I think that he was a beneficiary of a lot of circumstance last year like i said with defenses playing him back i don't really think, and now with defense, defense is kind of focusing on him a little bit more, and another year of Jared Goff as the quarterback, I just don't see a world where Amon Ross St. Brown provides you 5th round value. I feel like he is going to very much fall into the bust category. I even feel like he's probably going to be someone that you're going to be feeling comfortable dropping at the middle part of the season. At the quarterback position, actually one spot ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown is Kyler Murray. This one is a total vibe check. Since the 2nd Arizona season ended in that Monday night playoff game against the LA Rams. Um, It has been one bad story after the other around Arizona. It has been Kyler's pissed about the team uh, throwing him under the bus about the playoff loss. The team is pissed about Kyler and how he played in the playoff loss. Now there's contract disputes. Does Kyler want out? Will he go back to the Oakland A's? Probably not. They really do suck. But will Kyler demand a trade? Should Arizona trade him and try to reshape things that way? Okay, we got the contract figured out. Fantastic. Now there's a clause in there that says he has to do film study every week, which is every red flag you could possibly imagine. Um and then even more red flags, he's calling plays in a preseason game and Kingsbury is going out of his way to be like, "Yeah, fuck that guy. He thinks that the uh, that play calling is um is that easy let him fucking do it for a little bit." If this was a if the Arizona Cardinals were a human being we as a friend group would take them out to dinner and be like dude dudette whoever you need to end this this is a toxic relationship. This isn't good for anyone. This is bad for you. This is bad for them. This is bad for the people around you. This is bad for the other people in the restaurant who have to watch as you guys get into arguing matches about the weird way that you said creme brulee. Like, this is this is a problem that you have right now. Um, it just, it feels like a disaster in Arizona right now. And if I am going quarterback in the fifth round. I'd much rather go around earlier, get Lamar Jackson, and just not have to worry about this. This is this has all the potential to be a dumpster fire this year. For the first um, six weeks, what are they going to do? Like, there's no DeAndre Hopkins there. Uh, Hollywood Brown concerns me greatly, and there just isn't, like, James Connor is fine. I like James Conner a lot. I have him on a couple of fantasy teams last year. He was good, but that's not centerpiece of an offense, and I think teams, look, If teams figured out Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid for a season, you're telling me they can't figure this kid out? And if he's not doing the homework to figure out how they're figuring him out, this feels like it could be a long, disaster year for the Arizona Cardinals. I think there's going to be a big step back this year. I think Kyler Murray is going to be a very big part of that. Um, and last one, we're bouncing back into the second round, Saquon Barkley. This is, again, it's just, I don't think he is ever going to get back to that guy who he was as a rookie. That was three years ago. Um, I think this entire offense is going to be quite terrible, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think they solved the offensive line issues. And everyone is saying, well, yeah, Saquon Barkley had the injury issues, but bad offensive line. And, you know, like the, the, the offense wasn't good. Okay, well, let's go through th- that brief checklist, shall we? Uh, bad offensive line, still check. Yes, absolutely. But Maybe better than it was last year. I don't think his ACL cares. Um, he's it, So he's going to get absolutely annihilated four times a game instead of eight. Super. Um, bad offense. Well, Daniel Jones is still there. So yeah, bad offense. I just, I feel like that they're, again, this is going to be, this is kind of a throwaway year for the the New York Giants. Daniel Jones will be gone at the end of this season, um, and I I don't know if Saquon will be around. Like, this feels like they're just kind of throwing this away and already getting ready for next season, and I think Saquon Barkley is really going to fall off, and I think it's going to, it's too bad, because I do think injuries are a major part of that, and he just went to the absolute worst situation. We talk all the time about drafting a running back and wanting to have or drafting a quarterback and needing that foundation around there you damn well better have that around you if you are drafting a running back with the fourth overall selection you better have best offensive line in the league now we got Ezekiel Elliott to run rub shot all over these guys I just think Saquon Barkley is going to be a disaster I think you take him in the second round and you just automatically lose your your fantasy season like he is going right around you could, there are conceivably teams that are going Najee Harris and then at the turn back around they are getting Saquon Barkley And they are getting a world of headaches all season long. The music that you hear on Coach Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent, with X is where the A's would be, and you can find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. Quickly getting into um, the the Blue Jays, they beat the Chicago Cubs last night. We told you we were recording the game, or recording uh, the show while that game was going on. The Blue Jays do close it out. And I love the way they are managing their bullpen right now. It it is, it's not, this guy's our 7th inning guy, this guy's our 8th inning guy, this guy is our ninth inning guy. That is the one thing that I think the save stat has kind of... um, Made a bit of, not not necessarily a cliche, but a crutch for for coaches to to use. I think that for teams to um, for teams to really use their bullpens well, you have to look at what are the leverage moments. And the Blue Jays last night had a leverage moment, eighth inning, tying run um, is on base potential go-ahead run maybe even depending on when Vlad hit that home run I'm kind of blanking now but um you had Jordan Romano come in in the eighth inning to shut that down instead of well no Anthony Bass is our eighth inning guy so he's going to be our eighth inning guy you have Phelps who's not necessarily one of their major leverage guys picked uh pitched to the bot- back half of the order he walks a couple of guys you bring Bass in to close that out and then you allow Jordan Romano to take over from there I, I just think it, it is a, a great use of the bullpen, it is a flexible use of the bullpen, and that is the way you successfully use a bullpen. All right, into the other topic for the day that I really wanted to dive into, and that is Kevin Durant. After all of this, Kevin Durant is staying in Brooklyn. And I'm actually surprised that the Nets held their ground. And I'm impressed that the Nets held their ground. Dude has four years left on a contract. Like, I get player empowerment and, and all of that stuff. This is fucking ridiculous. If that happens, if you let him, if, if you trade him for less value to the team that he wants to go to when you've got four years left on his contract, get all the way the fuck out of here. I am very happy that at the end of the day, this was handled like adults and they are now going to progress and move forward with this. Obviously, a ton of pressure now in Brooklyn. um, Specifically on Steve Nash. Guy gets essentially called out in the media by his star player. Um... There's a lot of pressure on Steve Nash to have this team go well and to be able to make some of those adjustments. I don't think he made enough adjustments with the Brooklyn Nets a season ago. I think he ran out some lineups that were not optimal, and I think it cost them some games. Um, But this is going to be such a weird team. Like, this team has the biggest variance of outcomes, I think, in the league. This team could be back in the play-in or worse, or they could be winning 73 te- uh, seventy-three games and hoisting the Larry OB at the end of the season, and we're all laughing at, can you really believe that we thought this team was going to be bad? The best-case scenario for this team might be better than any, of the inso- uh, any other team in the association. But what's really the likelihood of that? Kyrie is going to be healthy, but he was probably the most healthy he's ever going to be in the playoffs, and they got boat raced by Boston in four. Simmons is apparently still dealing with some health issues, um, and there isn't just a whole lot going on there aside from from Seth Curry, who I like a lot, but he's dealing um, he's recovering from off-season surgery. This is a, a team that, again, if all the pieces work, if Kyrie's like, yes, I know, I was kind of out there last year, but I'm here to ball... I'm still going to be one of the most talented players in the league. Kevin Durant, same thing. Ben Simmons figures it out. Then yeah, this team stupid good, and the fact that we're even doubting them at all is hilarious. The likelihood of that happening is just so minuscule. And the shitty part about all of this is that it held the entire league hostage. You're seeing teams making move right moves right now. I don't think the the, the Barrett extension was a um was held up because of Kevin Durant, but you see like Morris signing with the the Brooklyn Nets and a couple of other things are happening now though the Lakers making a move for uh for for Pat Beverly. This is a league that was held hostage by one guy having a bit of a pity party, and like real people's lives were on hold and again, no one's shedding a whole lot of tears for millionaires here, but it's like there there are kids who are going to be going into school next week, and they don't know where their family is going to be living two months from now and it's just it's that kind of thing or it's like i'm glad we're all adults here at the end of the day could we not have found adulthood a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago that that would have been absolutely lovely because i need to turn everything into a raptors centered conversation the time does feel like now for the raptors to make a big move not a Kawhi big move um but a miles turner big move because you look at the east right now who is clearly better than the raptors milwaukee and boston End of list, in my opinion. There are teams who I think are better than the Raptors. Uh, Philadelphia, for example. I think the Philadelphia 76ers are better than the Raptors. And I know, like, someone's gonna say, well, yeah, duh, they they just beat them in a playoff series. Well, they needed Joel Embiid to basically hit a dude-perfect shot to um, take a 3-0 series lead in that series, and then the Raptors battled back and got thumped in the, uh, I believe it was Game 6. But still... I don't think that Philadelphia is a team without questions. Uh, You have James Harden, a full season of him. I don't think he's going to be able to take the pressure off of uh, Joel Embiid the way that Philadelphia wants him to. Is Joel Embiid going to be able to stay healthy for another full season? I like Philadelphia's offseason, but there's a lot of questions there. Miami, I think, has a ton of question marks. Kyle Lowry did not play well in his first season um, as the point guard for the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler was BAGGED at the end of the playoffs, and this was a team that had a lot of injury problems last year and still handled it very well, I don't know if they'd be able to handle that again, and this team I don't think did enough to address some of those injury concerns and you lose PJ Tucker, and I I just, I I I I don't have high hopes for the Miami Heat this upcoming season. We've discussed Brooklyn's issues, I like the Bulls and the Cavs, kind of the Hawks Not as much as the Raptors, though. I I really think that if Toronto would be able to go out and make a Miles Turner move, they would solidify themselves as an upper tier team in the Eastern Conference and once again put themselves right there to make a bit of a playoff push. One other move made in the NBA, uh, the Lakers have acquired Pat Beverly for uh, THT, which is hilarious that THT was the secret ingredient to every big trade that the Lakers were going to pull off, and it eventually gets you Pat Bev, which is, I mean, he's fine, but he's not like game changer or anything like that but it's right around the value of THT right a lot of people uh, are assuming that this is now the end of Russell Westbrook I just I just don't know who's taking him on you know like even if you get like the the grand prize of a first round pick in 27 and 29 that's five and seven years from now whatever GM is making that trade probably gonna be fired by the time those picks come around I, I just I don't see a dance partner here for for Westbrook. I, I think that the more likely scenario is the Lakers hope that Westbrook and Beverly can get along and hope that this dysfunctional team somehow figures it out. I don't think they're a whole lot better than they were last year. They're different. I don't think they're a ton better than they were last year. I think they've raised the talent, but I think all the questions there still remain. I just have real concerns uh, about where this team is going to be. It's been a puzzling off-season in L.A. That's going to do it for the program today. Again, thank you, Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, the studio sponsor for Couch Potato Diary. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team, ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, Couch Potato diary at yahoo.com. More fantasy football goodness coming at you tomorrow. Talk to you later. I'm out.